Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. If you're new to the church or you want to learn more about us, you can always check us out at thechurchrc.com. Or we would love for you to stay connected throughout your week and everywhere you go with the Church RC app. Available for free anywhere you download apps. Now, here's Pastor Brian Sparks. Here we go. For the kingdom of heaven, Jesus is speaking here. It's not in red up there, but it's the red here. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received, I'm paraphrasing this, then he who had received five went out immediately and doubled it. He who received two went out immediately and doubled it again. But then it says in verse 24, or I'm sorry, uh, yeah, verse 24, it says, then he who had received the one talent came and said, he, he didn't do anything with it. He said, he came to him and he said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you had not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But the Lord answered and said to him, you are wicked and lazy. You knew that I reap where I uh, have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming, I would have received bank uh, back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. For to everyone who has more, or who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who have, uh, does not have, even what he has will be taken away. That's a mouthful. Lord, I thank you right now for the word of God. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your word. Lord, they didn't come to hear a word from man. They've come to hear a word from you. So Lord, I pray that you'd use me to speak to the hearts and the lives of your people. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Today, if you're taking notes, you can title this message, A Legacy-Driven Life. A Legacy-Driven Life. You know, uh, we've been in this series, and we're actually wrapping up this series today called Legacy. And the truth is, is that every one of us have a desire, if, if we're really honest, we have a desire to make a lasting impact on this earth. We don't want to be forgotten when everybody, I mean, maybe somebody will be sad for a day or two and then we're forgotten forever. We don't want that. We, we, we want to actually make an impact. We want to make a difference. And, and, and that's just what, the reason why we do is because that's a desire that God has put in our heart. It's something that he wants us to do. He did not put you on this earth to suck air, earn a paycheck, live for vacation and retirement and die. That's not what he put you here for. He put you on this earth to make a difference, to make a lasting impact, to do something great, to, to, to expand his kingdom and to do things great for the kingdom of God. That's what he's put us all here on this earth to do. You know, the first week I talked about, I was watching the movie Troy and Achilles is having a conversation with his mother. And in this conversation, he asked her, should I go to war or should I stay home? It's a good question right? I don't know about you, but home sounds pretty good when it comes to war. And so he says, should I go to war? Should I stay home? And she says this, she said, if you stay home, you'll be happy. You'll get married. You'll have kids, but you'll be forgotten. But if you go, you will be remembered forever. What she's saying is, is if you choose and you make a decision to do what's easy, 
you'll, you'll be forgotten. But if you do what's difficult, if you do what's hard, then, then guess what? Your name will go on long after you have died and you're gone. Here's the thing is that's exactly the way the kingdom of God is. That's the way it works is if we want to leave a lasting legacy, it's not about comfort and convenience. It's not about doing what's easy. Let me just tell you this right now. There are some Sundays that I wake up and I want to stay in bed. Anybody ever do that? Some of y'all are like, well, I did that last Sunday. Yeah, well, that must be nice. But here's the thing is, is that even though, even though I want to, and even though I have this desire and I have this feeling that this would be nice, the truth is, is that I know that God has put me here to make a difference. So I'm not going to do what's convenient. I'm not going to do what's comfortable. I'm not going to do what's easy. I want to make a lasting impact on this world. So I know that sometimes I've got to push my feelings out of the way and say, it doesn't matter if it's difficult. It doesn't matter that it's hard. I'm going to do what you've called me to do. Leaving a legacy isn't easy. It's hard. Bruce Lee said this, the key to immortality is first living a life worth remembering. Living a life worth remembering. You know, I think that we do this in a lot of different ways and I've kind of gone through these. So I'm just going to recap it for you. If you haven't been here, you can always download our app and you can watch or listen and uh, catch up on all the series that we do. We understand that life's 24 seven. So sometimes you can, sometimes you can't be here, but you can always go there and listen. But I'm just going to recap for you just for a moment, because I think there's some ways that we leave legacy that we may not think that we could leave a legacy. The first way that I think that we leave legacy is through being generous. God has called us to be generous. God has called us to, what, what's amazing is, is that when we give to God, when, he, when you read the Bible over and over and over again, you can't get away from it. You can try, but you can't. Uh, you will see that God says he wants you to tithe to this local church and he wants you to give offerings, which tithe is 10% of whatever you make and offerings is over and above that. Some of that, I don't know about you, but that seems hard right? That's not easy, but that's what the Bible says. And what he's saying is, is when you give to me, I will give back to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. And what God is saying is I will take whatever you give me and I will multiply it back to you, not just to you, but it will make a difference long after you're gone. And here's the thing is that when you give to God, what you give leaves your hand, but it doesn't leave your life. Being generous. We leave a legacy. I honestly believe that one day I will arrive in heaven and there will be people that were impacted because of what I gave that I never, ever, ever met. Because God can do so much with the little things that we give, amen? The other way that, that I think that we are making a difference and leaving a legacy as a church is we are together as a church. We are making a difference as a church. We're leaving a legacy. And because here's the thing is that when a body of believers and a, a bunch of people come together and they say, they link arms and they say, we are called to make a difference in this earth. Here's the thing is I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how much influence you have. I don't care how much power you have. It does not matter. You can never make as big an impact on this earth by yourself as you can with somebody else. And that's, what's powerful about the local church. When we come together with a common mind and a common interest. We might have different opinions on some things, but we have one thing, Jesus is Lord. And I have a desire to see everybody have an encounter with Jesus. And when we all come together, then we're making a difference in our city, in our counties and in the world. That's how we're leaving a legacy. We don't live our lives focused on me. 
we live our lives focused on we. Amen? Third way, I want to talk to you. This is going to be fun. Amen. You ready? Today, I want to talk to you about the third way that we can leave a legacy, and I'm finishing it up. We can leave a lasting legacy by being faithful with what God has given us. By being faithful with what God has given us. When we think of legacy, I don't know about you, but I think of something big, right? I, I'm looking at, I, I look at people's lives and I, I, and I think, man, they've made such a huge difference or they made a massive impact. I always look at their lives and I think of something really big. But the truth is, is that God looks at legacy different. It's, he, he sees it ending big, but he understands this, that it started small. It's not being faithful with what's big, it's being faithful with what's small. See, here's the thing, is that I have a tendency, if, if you're anything like me, I have a tendency of whoever I look up to, I look at their life and I think, man, they're so amazing, they're incredible, they're doing something great. What about T.D. Jakes? I love T.D. Jakes, that guy can forevermore preach. He's just an incredible preacher, he's an incredible communicator. My tendency is to look at him and look at the difference that he's making on this earth and go, man, he's just, he's so much bigger than me, but what I didn't see is that when he was leading worship and then preaching for eight people in a little small country town in Virginia. See, we look at the end of people's lives or in the middle of their lives and we think, man, they're just luckier than me. No, the truth is they're just more faithful than you and what God has given them and what God has put in their hand. They just keep working what they give it. And guess what? God, I'm just gonna keep doing what you gave me. I'm gonna keep working what you gave me. I'm gonna keep doing what you called me to do when I feel like it, when I don't feel like it. It, when it, on my good days and on my bad days, I'm just going to keep getting up and working the plan yes. that you gave me. Yes. We think big, but God says legacy happens by being faithful in what's small. Well, you know, Pastor Brian, when I get more money, I'm going to help more people. Are you helping people with the money you have? Huh? When I get a better job, I'm going to be so much happier. Are you treating the job you have like the one you want? Huh? I'll give you one. Uh, teenagers, I just want my parents to buy me a car. Why don't you start treating your parents' car like you treat your own? Huh? If I could sing like this worship team, oh, I would serve in church every week. You can't, so you're not. The question is, are you serving with the talent you have? Are you serving with what God has given you? Are you doing something with what's in your hand or are you talking about what's in somebody else's hand? Last time I checked, you don't have to sing good to park cars. In fact, we don't want you singing because it's weird. Somebody out there just getting it. We don't want you doing that. We'll probably ask you to stop. But here's the thing is, is that you can do something with what God has given you. See, here's the thing is we tell God, God, give me more and I will be faithful. And God is telling us, be faithful and I'll give you more. We think exactly the opposite. I, I, love, I, I love to quote T.D. Jakes. He says, we pray 
for oak trees and God gives us acorns. That's the way it works is that we're saying, God, give me something big. And God says, no, I'll give you something small because I know this, that from small things, great things grow. And so it doesn't stay small because whatever I begin in you can grow and multiply and be bigger than you think it can be. The first time uh, I felt like I, I, I used to lead worship. And I was, a, I was a worship leader for a lot of years. And, and when Crystal would tell me, she was like, I just feel like you need to preach. I feel like you need to preach. I feel like you need to preach. And I'd say, no, get behind me, Satan. I don't want to preach, right? Have no desire, did not want to, had no desire to preach. And then I felt like God shifted something in me. And I had this desire and God, God was telling me that this is what I'm calling you to. This is what you're supposed to start doing. This is what I want you to do. And here's the thing is that I had no idea how to do it. So I would watch great communicators. I'd watch great preachers and I would just find, man, they can preach and I would watch them. And every time I would watch them, I would see something amazing that there was crowds of thousands. And so whenever I would prep and I would practice my message and I would work on uh, uh, communicating it, I would close my eyes in an empty room and I would preach and I would see thousands. But my first message that I preached, in fact, the first six months that I preached weren't, wasn't to thousands. It was to three youth that didn't even wanna be there in a back room in Sulphur Springs, Texas. The only reason they were there is because their parents made them show up. And so what I did was, and you think, oh, well, I just showed up and I preached and it was good. No, what I did was three people in a room, I set out 50 chairs. And I said, we're going we're gonna to fill this room with 50, because that was bigger than I could imagine. I had three. Yeah, come on. Bigger than I could ever imagine. We're going to fill it up with 50. And I got speakers and a sound system and a microphone. And I began to preach just like I'm preaching right now. My wife thought I was nuts. Because you don't need a microphone to talk to three people. It's a conversational thing, right? No, that's what we could do. But here's the thing is that I begin to say, God, I feel like you've called me to do something and I'm not gonna do it halfway because if you called me to it, I'm gonna be faithful in what's small. I'll preach to three just like I'm preaching to 3,000. I don't care what you've called me to, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna be faithful with what you gave me. And I can honestly say this, I prepped just as hard for those three as I did for this. I worked. What if I would have said, God, you give me the platform and I'll start preaching. I would still be waiting. And some of you are waiting on God to give you something and he's waiting on you to use what he's already given you. God, give me something bigger because I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm awesome. I'm super talented, I'm incredible. I am amazing at interpretive dance. So give me a platform, Lord. God's saying, no, it's not ever gonna happen. Not until you're faithful with what I've given you. Start working what God has given you. It's easy to be faithful over much. It's hard to be faithful over little. It's easy to be faithful over much. It's hard to be faithful over a little. It's easy to take care of the brand new car. It's hard to take care of that old junker that got you here today. It's easy to clean your dream house, but it's hard to clean the house 
that you have. See, here's the thing is, is that we overestimate what we can do with what we don't have. And we underestimate what we can do with what we do have. We overestimate what we can do with what we don't have. Oh, if I had this, I would do so much. No, you wouldn't. You do the same thing you're doing now with what you have. But you're underestimating what you do have. You think that it's little. And God's saying, no, 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 you don't understand. There's more there than you think is there. uh, Zechariah 4.10 says this, do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Here's what hit me is that We look at something small and we see something small. God looks at something small and he rejoices in it. So a lot of times we disrespect what God rejoices in. Do not despise. And when you despise what's small, what God has put in your hand, you are disrespecting what God has given you. And God is having the exact opposite reaction because he put something small in your hand and now he's rejoicing because he loves to see the work begin. Don't disrespect what God rejoices over. Today, I wanna show you three dangerous assumptions that this, uh, the, the, the servant that got one talent assumed. He, he had three things that really hit him that all of a sudden he had this dangerous assumption and it cost him greatly. And every one of us could have the same thing happen to us if we're not careful. If we don't watch ourselves, every one of us can fall into these, buy into these same lies and, and assume the same thing that he did. The first thing he did was uh, he, uh, he assumed this, less talent means less ability. Less talent means less ability. In verse 15, we'll read it real quick. It says, and to one he gave five talents, to another two and to another one, to each according to his own ability And immediately he went on a journey. See, here's the thing is that I used to always preach this. Whenever I would look at somebody else that was doing more than me, I would always pass the talent thing off. I'd say, well, they're just a five talent kind of person. They just got more talent than me. I mean, I'm just, I'm just a one talent kind of guy. I'm just doing the best I can with what I got. I mean, I, God just, God trusted me with a little. And so I, I, this is all I got. And here's the thing is that, that I was completely wrong in thinking that and preaching that. Because when you read it, you'll understand something. That if I take it and I say, well, God just gave me talent and he just, he's God and God can do whatever he wants and that's just the way it is. And, and I can't control the talent. That's absolutely true. You cannot control the talent that's given to you. But that removes responsibility if you buy into that lie. If you assume that that's the only equation or the only thing that's making uh, the, the decision on what to give you and what not to give you, you would be wrong. Here's the thing is that I don't have control over the talent that was given me, but I do have control over increasing my ability. I can't, I can't give my, I can't play the drums. I can't do it. I wish I could because drummers are awesome. I wish I could play the drums, but I can't. I have no control over that talent, 
But what I do have control over is increasing my ability to do what God has put in my hand. I do have control over studying. I do have control over working hard. I do have control over prepping a message for hours and hours and hours at a time. I do have control over that. Here's the thing is don't talk about the talent you don't have. Say, God, I want more. I'm believing for more. I'm believing that you're going to continue to increase me in my life. And I can't control the talent that you give, but I can control my ability. I can keep growing myself. I can keep learning. I can keep educating myself. I can keep working harder to be all that you've called me to be. Don't you pass that off? I'm just a one talent kind of guy. You're a one talent kind of guy because you chose to stay that way. You have the ability to do more. You have the ability. I recently heard about a deep diving coach. It's pretty awesome. Uh, but these deep divers, you know, they, they, they take, a, they'll, they'll get one breath and they'll dive down super deep and they'll be underwater for minutes and minutes at a time. But obviously they don't start in the ocean. And so he trains these people on how to do it. Just ordinary people on how to do this. And obviously they start in a swimming pool. You don't jump in the ocean first thing, right? And so they start in the swimming pool. And what, what he'll do is he, he'll get every student in the pool and he'll say, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go underwater and hold your breath for as long as you can. They'll do it. And usually they'll, they'll, they'll go for about 45 seconds to a minute. It's about all that they want. And most of the time he says that they will come up to the surface gasping because they went longer than they thought they could, gasping for air, thinking that they were about to die. And then he automatically lets them calm down. And he says, okay, now here's the thing. We're about to double your time. Obviously they think there is no way that you can, I nearly died in a minute. How can you think I can stay underwater for two minutes? Like, are you crazy? Are you, are you going to hold me under? Are you trying to kill? Like, that's what their thought is. He says, no, just listen to me. So here's what I want you to do. And he begins to coach them. He says, I want you to begin to take deep breaths. So he gets them to breathe deeply for a while. And he says this, now then I want you to take a deep breath and go underwater and relax and listen to my voice. They'll go underwater. He said, and then about 45, he's timing them about 45 seconds. He goes, now your, your lungs are starting to scream for air. So we're going to trick your brain, let out a little bit of air and your brain will think that more oxygen is about to come in. He said, so, but we're not going to give it more oxygen because we're underwater. And so he, they let out a little bit of air and it buys them time. Wow. And then he, 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 he just said, now just keep relaxing. Then about 30, 40 seconds later, he says this, now your lungs are starting to scream for air again. It's okay. Relax. Focus on the drain and count slowly to 10. What ends up happening is, is that they will go from being, barely being able to do 45 seconds to a minute to most of the time, every person that gets into the pool with him will, will hold their breath for the first time for two minutes and 45 seconds. Wow. Here's the thing, is that he did not increase their lung capacity. All he did was reveal the ability that was already inside of them. 
And I used to think this, well, God gave me one talent, so because I don't have the ability to handle more. No, what God gave me one talent was to show me that I had more ability than I thought I had. See, every person in this text had the ability to multiply what God had put in their hand, but only two of them said, God, I know that if you trusted me with it, I know that if you put it in my hand, I know that if you gave me the talent to begin with, then that means that I have the capability to multiply whatever you given me. And here's the thing is that God knows that what he gave you, you can multiply. The problem is, is you don't. You've created a lid. You're making excuses saying, well, I'm just not big enough. I'm not good enough. I don't have enough education. I didn't come from the right family. I don't have the, God gave you a talent. God gave you an ability because he knows that you have the capability of multiplying it. Number two, and I gotta hurry. Good gravy. Y'all pull more out of me. Or I just know I don't have another service so I can go longer. Number two, less talent means less significance. Less talent. This is a dangerous assumption. Less talent means less significance. Well, why did they get more? Why, I mean, why in the world, we look at people that have more and we think, well, their life is just more significant than mine. Why, why did they get more? I guess God just likes them more. See, I, and, and here's the thing is that I used to feel sorry for this guy. Because right. right in front of them, I mean, one's getting five talents, come on. Yeah. Like, couldn't we at least do this some other room? Like, another one's getting two talents. So you're automatically thinking, like, I'm at least gonna get two. But one like this, that stings a little bit. And I, would, I could go off here because I think that probably he let a fence in in that moment. But here's the thing is he got one talent. I used to feel sorry for him until I really started studying this text. And I found out that one talent was equivalent of 75 pounds of gold. Wow. Meaning that the master gave this servant uh, the equivalent of 20 years salary. In today's standard, it would be like handing you a check for $1.25 million. Wow. And here's the thing is, is that the servant looked at it as less. Come on. But even what was less was more than he deserved. Because the truth is, is he didn't earn that. He didn't deserve it. It belonged to, to the master all along. And if you're looking at your life and you're saying, well, I just got little bitty bit. I don't have very much. God didn't trust me with much. What he trusted you with is more than you deserve. The fact that you got food in your belly, you got breath in your lungs, that you got a roof over your head, you got a job that provides for you. God says this, I've given you more. And you deserve, and you're calling it insignificant? Right, come on. Come on. You're looking at it through the wrong lens. You're seeing it all wrong. And you're looking at everybody else and you're saying, oh, you're they're more significant than me. You're looking at their talents and their abilities. Let me see. Amy, let me see your glasses. See what happens is is we see our significance. Holy moly. Lord, we pray for healing. To Amy right now. Oh. 
if I look at my significance through the lens of what was given to her, it blurs what was given to me. And some of you are putting on somebody else, what somebody else was given. And you're looking at it and you're thinking, I can't make a difference. I can't make an impact. But God is saying, if you would take off what I've given to somebody else and you would start using what I put in your hand, I can make a difference through you and through them. You're seeing your significance through the wrong lens. Last thing, and I'm done because I have to be. Number three, safety is satisfactory. It's a dangerous assumption. Safety is satisfactory. It says this in verse 25. It said, and I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. See, it seems to me like the master would be like, okay, you didn't gain me any, but you didn't lose it either. I mean, he could, let's just be honest, could have skipped town. Could be living his best life in Cancun on a beach. Right? I mean, there was no, there's, what, what what's he going to do? He could have done something and he said, you know what? No, I'm going to bring back what you gave me. I mean, I, I'm not a thief. I'm going to bring back exactly what you gave me. I think that's pretty good. I mean, I didn't lose it. I didn't spend it. I'm giving it back to you just like you gave it to me. And actually what happens is, is he, the master has a complete opposite reaction. He says, you're wicked and you're lazy. You're wicked and you're lazy. Here's the thing. What's so sad to me is that this servant had such a bad uh, view of himself that he thought the talent that God has given me is better hidden than it is in my hand. And I begin to think, how many people are hiding talent that God has called you to use? What kind of talent is hidden in this church? And you're saying, you know what? I I, I just don't want to use it because I don't want to mess it up or I don't want to lose it or I don't want to make a mistake or I don't want to fail or I don't want to fall short. And so it's better for me just to hide it because you bought into a lie that it's better hidden than it is in your hand. And here's the thing is that I don't want to arrive safely at death. I don't want to get to heaven and say, God, here's this talent you gave me. It doesn't have a scratch on it. I didn't do anything with it. It doesn't even have my fingerprints on it because I was afraid to do anything with it. I want to arrive and it be beaten up. It be battered. And I've said, God, I did everything I could. I tried to multiply what you put in my hand. I tried to do something with it. God hasn't called us to be safe. God has called us to multiply. And some of you are hiding something that God has called you to use. You're hiding a talent, a gift. And God's saying, when are you going to start using what I put in your hand? When are you going to start doing something with what I've given you? It's time to be faithful, church. That's the, the way we leave a legacy. 
We leave a legacy by being faithful in what God has given us. We're faithful with our time. We're faithful with our talent. We're faithful with our treasure. And when we're faithful, God is faithful to us. Stop asking him for more and start being faithful with what he's given you. Amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Lord, right now, I thank you for grace, for mercy. God, everybody in this room has been guilty at some point of not using what you've given us. We've hidden things that you've given us to use. We've called what you've given us insignificant. God, we think that we can't make a difference. And Lord, right now, we say, God, forgive us for doing that. And today, we say no more. God, I pray right now that that people would begin to use the gifts and the talents and the treasure that you put inside of them. God, that they would pull it out and they would dust it off and they'd say, God, if you've given it to me, I believe this, that you've given it to me for a reason, that I have the ability to multiply what you put in my hand. And Lord, I pray that they would begin to use it in their workplaces. God, I pray that they begin to use it in this city. God, I pray that they begin to use it in this church. God, I pray that they would make such an impact and leave such a legacy that they will never be forgotten. Not in this life. Certainly not in eternity. God, help us to use everything that you place in our At the Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If this ministry has blessed you in any way and you would like to contribute financially, you can go to thechurchrc.com slash giving. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, send us an email at amen at thechurchrc.com. Thanks and have a great week.